Okay, you're going live. One, two, three. Yeah. You're live! What's up, people? Yeah, okay. Great. So, welcome, guys. This is our fourth AMA, and this time we picked up Australia, uh, a very special continent, country, you can call it either ways. And we have special guests also with us. We have Karishma from Club Hello. And we have Ari, who's doing his first AMA finally. Finally, yes. <laughs> very nervous. So, I'm think, happy to be associated yes. with your trail and doing this also for us for the first time. It's, it's actually our pleasure hosting you here. And uh, to give you guys a uh, heads up, uh, actually Karishma planned a honeymoon to Australia. Yes, and uh, unlike uh, short trips, she doesn't believe in that. She no, I don't, I don't believe in short trips at all. I believe that you should see your place completely depth go once a year. So actually our honeymoon was planned around the World Cup. So first the World Cup tickets came, the honeymoon came. And we have a lot of good friends in Australia. So. Um, Got to see quite a bit hidden treasures. Was the guy planned before the World Cup or after the World Cup? No, no, no. The guy was planned <laughs> way, way before the World Cup, but he's a cricket buff, so uh, he's into sports marketing. So then that was all around it, and we have good friends in Australia. So we got to see a lot of hidden jewels out there, hosted by people. So we actually, I lived like a local in Australia, so quite like the experience, like there was something just before we start off, uh, which I thought was very special is this viewpoint Palambuta, which is in Brisbane, you drive like about one hour and you're actually one foot in Queensland and one, yes. one foot in uh, North, uh, you know, New South Wales, so you see that half an hour time difference, so that's like quite an experience which I haven't really read anywhere, but because we had local friends, they told us about this, so Australia was a dream, I'd love to go back and Great Barrier Reef, I mean that's the best place for scuba diving in the world. I can't. Nice, so. Yeah, that's true. So everyone has to do luck with people. So <laughs> yes, you know, right away. <laughs> so, so why don't you tell us about how uh, you planned your Australia? Twenty days. Yeah, so it's I, still not a lot. But no, still. it's not a lot. It's not a lot. In fact, uh, I had to skip a few things to be honest. But I'll just tell you. Uh, in a way, my itinerary. Uh, so I began with Melbourne. Uh, so there was a, you know the Yara River cruise. Then you did the Federation Square. Uh, we drove the Great Ocean Road. I mean, Great Ocean Road itself, you can do for three, four days if you sit there, take photos of every spot, do everything I think there. I Shina bikes the Great Ocean Road, right? Yeah. So how was that experience? Um, so uh, I don't know. Uh, when uh, I was told that uh, Great, uh, Great Ocean Road is uh, something out of the world and one of the best road trips to do. Uh, I didn't have my uh, hopes very high and I was going in the winters. So, and when I biked over there, uh, despite the cold, it, it's so beautiful and uh, the curves, you enjoy biking in a place like that. Uh, especially the curves, views on the left hand side and uh, it's pretty, pretty beautiful. It's amazing. Great Ocean Road was like, and driving in Australia is not so bad because it's the same side of the road as India. So that's, you know, you won't really feel any hard yeah, you won't feel otherwise it takes a few days. So Great Ocean Road is a must uh, to do out there. So that was then I went to the pen so if you have kids, uh Penguin Parade and yeah. it was little penguins coming out at the sunset, you see like hundred of them. It was pretty pretty awesome. And so that was one part of my tour. Then I went to uh, Adelaide, uh, in the Barossa Valley. So amazing wine country. I mean, yeah. So what I like about it in India, we heard about Jacob Creek. You know, sometimes you go to a vineyard and you never heard of these wines, right? So when you go there, you do wine tasting. They're very, very friendly. They give you as many samples. 
very rigid about it and then you can walk in the vineyards so if you're on season you can actually do great brushing. I miss that bit though. So, but did you get uh, wine in your label or under your label? So Barossa Valley is known for that. So Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually customize the small thing uh, with the on your, own name. on your own name. So I did that. So Barossa Valley was fantastic. Then I went because I was a honeymooner, I went to this place called Hamilton Island. Oh perfect. Oh my those white sand beaches and cat sand beaches. Just brilliant. I mean that's a place you just chill sure. for two days. And then uh, after that I did Gold Coast. I love so this was from Gold Coast, the first point which I spoke about, the Palamuta. So Gold Coast was amazing. I mean I I can't I love the roller coasters, right? So what I did miss, which is close to Gold Coast, which I can recommend for kids, is this uh, Outback, Outback Australia. So basically Perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live like in Australia, live with the family there, so that's a nice thing. Otherwise, I think if people are with kids, Gold Coast is a place you should spend five, six days. I mean, you can do so much there, Sea World, Ring World, Moon World, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to another island which is similar to Hamilton, which is called Tangaluma, which in okay, fact, yeah, yeah. yeah, somehow I don't know, even my Aussie friends didn't know about it. Okay. So that the dolphin was because I was on a honeymoon that was good. Then of course, Great Barrier Reef, my favorite, favorite, I mean, I did, I did uh, you know, a paddy course out there, so three days that was. And then we went to Kurunda, uh, the Chakukai and Kurundai. So there, that's very nice, yeah, the National Park, where you actually experience how the Aussie culture is, what they do as a hobby, the view is nice, the rainforest. So Kurunda Chakukai is also an amazing place, I, I like that. So, yes, and uh, of course, we did the hot air balloon, right? So, people who yeah. I think that's quite famous in Melbourne, Gold Coast, wherever you know, get up in the morning and see the sun, uh, sunrise. Yeah. And we ended with Sydney, so we lived right at the Darling Harbour and saw the Sydney Opera House. And what I loved about Sydney was uh, the Sydney Harbour Bridge Climb. Okay. Oh my goodness, yes, I did that. The sunset or sunrise? I did it at sunrise. Okay. okay. So uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge Climb is. And out, I mean, it's such a cool experience. I mean, it's not that tough or anything as a skydive, and you don't need that much guts. But when you're right there, you can look down and then just, you know, feel, you know, the cars. So, that Sydney Harbour Bridge was actually the last day of my honeymoon. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah, it was quite a good way to end the honeymoon. So, so, that was Australia from my side. And there were a couple of things, obviously, I missed, which we can talk about a little later. So, yeah. So, I think one point she made was about, you know, kids in Australia. I think Sheena did a farm stay. I think you should talk a little bit more about the farm stay and how it's a great place for kids to kind of unwind. Absolutely. So I actually did a farm stay uh, from Melbourne. It's about an hour and a half drive in a place called the Strong Stay. And the beauty about that place is uh, it's run by a whole couple and they're so warm and welcoming. So you can taste the best Australian food, best produce. And not only that, uh, for kids it's very, very engaging because you get to see farm animals up close and personal. So he had a sheep dog, which was probably the smartest dog I've ever seen. So all it does is in the morning the master has to say, go fetch. He will go round up all the sheep. They had about 400 sheep spread across, I don't know, like Brazilian acres. So the very funny thing he said that I asked him, how big is your farm? He said, can you see the mountains far away? Yeah, we have it in there. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's Australia is such a place, you know, you are happy with all, you can make your itinerary in such a way. In fact, you mentioned about some Australian food there. So, one is of course the kangaroo meat burger, which you just cannot miss if you're a non-veg, of course. Uh, so that is one thing which is amazing. Now, then the other thing which actually is only available in Queens, uh, 
Bangkok, which you get, uh, which is also available in Singapore, and uh, it's like a cross between a lobster and a shrimp. So that is something. It's very tender and very flavorful. You can barbecue it. So we had it with some locals out there. So that is something. So can you eat burger and not eat kebab? I thought are two foods which you know People should, should have. have and should. So here we have our first question. Uh, it is from Nitesh. Where is he? Hi, hello. Hello, hi, Nitesh. So. Uh, he's planning his Australia uh, vacation next year sometime with his wife, and uh, he has uh, a very standard question that everybody has, and it's a great question we should be answering. What is the estimated cost for a good vacation? Not so luxurious, but not so cheap. Uh, and how many days are enough? So is he firstly if he's uh, I mean if he's I think you need about at least two and a half weeks, fifteen, sixteen days definitely. Yeah. And I don't know, cost is something I guess you guys. Can take a better because you all are. So I think, uh, if, I think India's biggest challenge is number of leagues are always like yeah. right? So I think even if you don't have two and a half weeks in at least you look at about minimum about 10 to 40 nights. I think anything less than that, you know, you kind of cut short the experience you could have and the number of cities that you could do. What you realize is that, you know, is almost a continent, right? And you could raise a country. So the time zones are different, the overall geography distance are very different, right? So the kind of places Karishma just spoke about are so fast spread. That would be difficult and very cramped if you had to cover in less than anything less than 40 nights. And for a good, decent value for money budget, it, it depends on flights. Flights can vary anywhere between 55,000 or 50,000 to about 70,000 per person, right? So if you're smart enough, you book you know, well in advance, you get flights in about 55 grand. I think anywhere between like 1.7 to 2.25 is a good range per person. That includes activities, that includes you know all your internal flights, good stay, and stay in the city center. I was actually thinking four lakhs for people, so it should be yeah, yeah, right, right. So, which would be a good budget. And you do a lot, and you live in luxury. That's the good thing. It's not you are living like on a very shoestring. You live in good, very good hotels, four stars. And no, I think also about Australia is that even though it's so huge, right? The hotel properties per se are not very cramped, unlike yeah. let's say a Paris, let's say or a Hong Kong. So Australian rooms are quite big and that gives you a good feel when you stay in those hotels also. Yeah. That's yeah. So we have our next question as well, uh, which is from Ankita Goyal. Uh, again, a very good question we should lead our uh, audience to. What is the best time to visit Australia? Actually, I would say, I mean, of course, the summer and spring is the best time, which would be about September, October to March. But you know, Australia, it's not like I think cold. You went in the winter, so actually, you know, you see your leaves and plant it accordingly. And even the waters are not that cold, you can still enjoy. I, I went through the temperatures, of course, I also went in February, but bang on in September, September, October to March. I think, yeah. very valid point. One thing people, uh, obviously, Australia is the southern hemisphere, so our, our summer is their winter and their winter is our summer. So it gives a good uh, thing. And in fact, some of the biggest departures from India happen in May to Australia, right? Because we work closely with the tourism board of Australia. And we see those figures, it's purely because a lot of kids have summer vacation then. And it's not that bad, right? Like you said, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not that cold. You can still enjoy yourself. You're going in autumn though, but it's, it's nice. That's what any time of the year is okay. Which is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I hate winters. And I went to Australia during the winter time. Uh, probably for Melbourne, which uh, everybody says that it has four weathers in a day across yeah. a year. So except for Melbourne, most of the places you are good to go in winters also. Right. I, I feel Australia is a you know, around the clock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, you are saying this, I went in February and 
it's about summer out there and I was wearing a jacket in Melbourne and that was the only place I was wearing a jacket. I think so, the, the answer is so I think uh, I think if you have leaves uh, which you can kind of accept your own pace and build, try and do it in September or March because it's more shoulder-ish. But I think even in April is fine. Should we don't do May because you're gonna hit a lot of families and if you want to travel as a couple then you don't want to do May, is my sense. Uh, we have a next question from Bharat Rangarajan. I'm planning a two-week vacation, so somebody's planning for two weeks, okay. large time. What should my ideal itinerary look like and how many places would it cover? So, so I think our, our quick math that you've seen from what all the people you've sent to Australia, right, is that uh, people generally tend to spend it in there. I don't know what is I, I, say that. I think uh, many people tend to spend anywhere between three to four nights in Melbourne City each because I think yes. big cities and they have to land in there if they are there. So you need an extra time. So I would say if you have time about three to four nights each in Melbourne City and depending on your case, if you have yes. kids trying to Gold Coast, Fort Worth Nature, trying to Keynes, so I think about 14 nights, not more than 3 to 4 cities is what I would say. Yeah, that's what you like. I was just, I also actually have written it down, 3 to 4 days on each and then kind of anywhere in the middle. So if you're a couple, do Hamilton or do Tawakaluma and go, if you're with kids, you should do actually 5 days in Gold Coast. Yes. And if you want, if you're into water sports, uh, you know, then do about 3-4 days in Kenya. So that's depending on your, you know, obviously when each one comes to you personally, you can talk that separately depending on their case. So I think what you should try and do is uh, go back to picture.com you can try and plan it to Australia. You choose a series, you can kind of add a number of nights and then choose your activities and see how it works and give us feedback if it really makes sense for you. We have a lot of comments now. So okay. one of them is saying uh, asking, have you tried scuba diving in Great Barrier Reef? Yes, yes, I've done it and I've done, I've done scuba diving in I'm just comparing it just to say the difference. I've done scuba diving in LA where the waters are choppy even in the summer, it's cold. You can't really see things. I've done in Kota, uh, you know, Thais, which is also one of the better yes, spots. Yes. But Great Barrier Reef just takes the cake, the color of the corals, and uh, you know, the, even the water is very comfortable. It's it's quite warm. You don't feel cold in the water. It's still waters. I mean, even if you don't go swimming, I saw kids of two years old and I'm talking about tourists. Of course, the local Australians, most they, swim, they right? swim and they are happy with that. But even the kids out there, two, three years old, were happily swimming in the water. Quite, you know, the waters are not very choppy. They are they're calm. You don't get scared. Like, even if you don't know swimming very well, you're very comfortable. At least with the underwater walk. Yes. So if you don't know swimming, you can do the underwater walk, which is about whatever 15, 10, 20 meters deep, and you're fine. You know, I mean. So this is my experience. I've done paddling. I've done the scuba diving there. But if you don't have the time, the other thing is if you don't have the time, then at least do an underwater walk. So. So I think uh, yeah, like you said, hands down, what you've also got as feedback from travelers is that. Uh, the great magazine is scuba dive to like the more for life. Yes. Right? And and given it's time and she said that you just, just pack your bags and fly today. Yes, that's So we have our next question, uh, which is from Yuvaraj. Uh will kids enjoy Tangaluma? Yes, actually, you know, among Hamilton and Tangaluma, kids will enjoy Tangaluma more because you have the dolphins there, you can play with the dolphins. So that is something that kids enjoy. And of course, Tangaluma is not very expensive. It can be done as a day trip also and or you can stay one night. One night is more than enough and it is a unique experience to play with the dolphins. In fact, again, dolphins are there in Dubai which is in the artificial scenario but here they are in their actual habitat. Dubai has everything. 
but yeah. I think recently Dubai is coming up with Venice, right? Yes, so, yes, I just said yeah. So, so if you want to see the dolphins in their natural habitat, enjoy themselves, you can play with them, then and your, you know, and kids will enjoy that more, hundred percent, right? Right. We have our uh, next question. I think Abhijit yeah. Shinath would have had anything. This be like, yeah, my So, next question again. Something. You know what I said? Yes, you say the question and start your answer. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, would you recommend a guided tour of the Great Ocean Road or hire a car and drive it by myself? Ah, this was the next thing. And this is what I have. Good news. So. Generally, uh, this is something that I tell people. If you are not confident of driving okay, outside India, because uh, you, especially in Australia, <coughs> things that you have to keep a watch on, which is your speed, uh, lane discipline, and uh, you know, generally traffic rules and discipline overall. If you are thinking that it's going to be taking away the pleasure of driving, we suggest taking a guided tour where you can enjoy the scene and then still go watch it and then come back. The second factor is it's about 400 kilometers from Melbourne to and fro. So if you think that's a lot for you, then again you can do guided trip. But if you think, yes, I'm a, you know, a mind matcher, I can do 400 in a day, not a problem for me, and the experience is driving, then you should definitely pick up a car or a bike and just do it as a day trip. If not a day trip, go watch it, watch the sunset over there, stay overnight and then come back to Melbourne. I think yeah. it would be interesting if you could add a lot of cities close by which people Yeah, I was just going to say, there was, I stayed at Apollo Bay. Okay, so Apollo Bay. And, and it's quite reasonable again, decent, uh, and decent sized rooms. And uh, so I drove and I'm, uh, you know, as I said, if you're young, you want to do it that way, you want to take a lot of photographs, drive it, but as you said, if you're a little, a little older and you're, again, you have kids, then maybe the other way is to do it as a uh, day trip. Right. And there are lots of places in and around to stay. There are lots of nice restaurants. In fact, Thai food and uh, Southeast Asian food in that belt is about very, very uh, famous. So you can enjoy that. Then there is, you know, the zip line activity. Then oh, you have the nice house to see. So if you drive, you can see all that. Again, it depends on your number of days. No, in fact, I was yeah. going to say, I think if, if you have decided to do an, an erosion road, being erosion road, I would surely recommend that you should drive. Even with kids, I think yeah. one good thing with kids is that when you drive, you have control. The problem is when you go on a credit tour, sometimes you never know who the group is, right? And then I can fundamentally take the joy out of for both of you, right? Yeah. If you have a cranky kid in the van, then the last thing other people want to So I think I would recommend if you can, I think Shiat Porsche is, is very, very, you know, good and documented and stuff. I would say <laughs> go for it, guys. I don't think it yeah. matters so much. I think people drive safely and if you manage to drive in the chaos of India It's not safer than driving I think you should do that yeah. And given you, you pick up an automatic when it's not even a great yeah, effort to drive You're just going to be on cruise control and it's just going to move and enjoy the scenery Yeah, you enjoy the scenery, you can just take it, if you have a GoPro, take it, yeah. plug it on and go, you will really enjoy the drive, it's, it's wow uh, so we have our next question from Anita Robert. How difficult is it to get an Australia visa? So you know, probably I'll take this question again. Yeah, you're taking this one. <laughs> so um, uh, lucky enough, Australia gives you uh, you know uh, a long-term visa, which is 90 days in a year. So they give you one-year validity visa where you can visit after 90 days. So it's one of the very few countries which. Like UK, it gives you a, a slightly longer uh, visa. 
and uh, that is one thing. Second interesting part about Australia is that uh, it's gone online now. So all you guys can uh, have to do is just log in, fill in your details and submit your visa. It's as simple as that. No more uh, you know, standing in queue, uh, handling VFS. VFS we've heard is a lot of pain. Uh, so no more going, standing there and figuring out cash payments and all that. Get it done online and it's uh, you know they become very very efficient and uh, we've seen uh, visas generally come in about 10 to 12 working days depending on the peak season it might uh, stretch a little further but trust me it's become a lot more easier now compared to the last season and the final interesting part is for Australia before even you book anything you can just apply for a visa they don't ask you for flight tickets or hotel tickets or any of these things Oh, that's, that's an awesome thing actually, otherwise that's a pain getting yeah. your things in place. The other thing I was going to add to this is, uh, in case you're short for time, they also have express visas uh, that right. you can do, you know, which surely come in about 6-7 days. And one general feedback we've seen, uh, you know, our experience of handling about 7,000 customers, is that uh, the covering letter people don't pay enough attention to, right? right? So while the forms, the ITRs, your tickets, vouchers are all standard, right? I think somewhere the onus is on us as travellers to write a company cover letter to why I want a visa, right? And end of the day, the visa guys are always looking for reasons to reject the visa, right? So, and a poor covering letter, right? Just saying, hey, you know what, so and so is traveling, give me a visa, so I'm going to cut it. Saying why you would come back. The reasons people look for is, hey, will you surely come back? So, if you have parents, if you have kids who go to school, if you're working in companies, you know, just writing those things very clearly saying, I really want to come back. I think that if you spend some time on, I think we really, I think there's no way we've seen that good company letters being rejected for visa. Yeah. And honestly, uh, the guys uh, sitting on the outside of the table uh, approving your visa wants you to visit Australia. Yeah. So, so his intention is not to reject your application unless you make it really, really hard for him to do so. Uh, again, we have another interesting Lisa, question. I wanted to add to this. You know, when I was doing Europe visa, they don't have to show a decent minimum bank balance. And I don't think that's the case in Australia, or is it? I don't that, that continues to be there okay. because they want you to uh, want to know at least that they financially take care of your entire vacation and come back to okay. India. So, so they don't especially want even you don't have pre-book vouchers in Australia, right? Huh. So they that's want to okay. ensure that you have enough, you know, financing to kind of go and come back. And it's always better to do that because, see, like he said. We, we shouldn't give him anybody a chance to kind of even have doubts, yeah, yeah. right? And the worst thing to happen in these process, you know, they are asking for more documents, yeah. and then it just becomes a spiral. No, what I've done most of the time is when I work with companies, uh, or, you know, I just kind of ask the company also to give a letter saying, I'm working here and I, this is my day of leave, so I'm going to come back. Yeah. So that is another extra with the covering letter, which I is important. I think one interesting AMA topic that comes to mind when we talk about visas is we should just become VFS and distant. I think that will be the aim. Everybody will come in and you know share horror stories of VFS. Yeah. I think that will be insane. Okay, so this is a very interesting question. Uh, is it possible to camp around Kuluru? Uh, one day include that in my trip to Australia, along with a trek around Gold Coast, watch kangaroos, meet aborigines, and and need to know estimated cost. Time and the list of places to visit, experience down under as mentioned above. And am I in Australia right now? <laughs> so, <laughs> I need it, but tomorrow, I think. Uh, so, uh, uh, very interesting stuff uh, about Uluru is that uh, it's in the center of Australia, one, and it's no man's land, honestly speaking. 
So doing camping all by yourself uh, in a place like that, uh, one you'll have to obviously look for places. Uh, there are there are a lot of restrictions in terms of where you can camp, where you cannot, and that is one thing that you have to look out for. There are definitely opportunities there, but the second biggest thing is you are left on your own, so you'll have to defend for yourself. And uh, the Australian outback can be really really difficult on you. So. If you are in planning to do that, there are spots, but I would recommend plan, have a second plan, have a third backup or fourth backup in case you get lost and you don't have, you need to survive. So it's going to be like, I don't know what the discovery channel is. I think I'm right factually here, I think one of the most uh, SOS places for tourists is the outright because there is no signal, there are no petrol pumps, there even a simple, you know, you might have a fuel can just put you in a spot for about 24 to 48 hours, right? And these are places where I think uh, you cannot have a fixed plan, like you said, yeah. plan A and plan B and plan C, and then try and, try and then give at least uh, 10 days just for this, right? And then you go in all the way there, aboriginals, I think you can easily meet, yeah. And I think the other things you have listed are cakewalk if you manage to do this, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, awesome. So, somebody seems to be very perturbed with Melbourne. What does Melbourne got to offer? Apart from M MCG, I don't get to hear anything. Is there a place you must do? So, the Yara River uh, cruise is, is, I mean, I wouldn't do it as a must must do, but what is a must do is Philip uh, Island. Philip Island is definitely a must do, and then and actually, Great Ocean Road is from Melbourne. So these are the two things that I think are must-do's from Melbourne. What are the, I mean, so For us, uh, we tell that Melbourne probably, by the way, you should know that Melbourne is one of the uh, most livable or uh, most livable city in 2017. So it's number one around the world. So there's a reason why it is number one. Uh, beyond that, we also tell a lot of people, Melbourne probably has a lot of soul to it. It's, has that uh, Victorian era charm to it. It has that tram which runs century. It's about 1908 or at least 100 years old, and a tram is free for uh, everybody to use within the uh, Melbourne CBD. CBD. It's like a mini Europe, like a mini. It's like a mini Europe yeah. kind of a town where you have to walk the streets, no cars allowed. Right. So it's like it's a very different charm compared to the rest of Australia. I think uh, when I look at vacation, right, we need to country I look always for one or two cities which kind of are a good place to start, you know, uh, familiarizing yourself with that country, right? And that way I think Melbourne is a great place for you to start, you know, it's an international airport, so more often than you end up landing in Melbourne, right? And then it's a great place to start getting used to Australia as a culture, the people, right? And then it has like day trips, right? You know, you want to do the Penguin Island, you want to do the Gold Coast. So it is a great place to start. While it might not be the end all in terms of what it has to do, like you don't have those manner to start, so none of that stuff, right? But then it's a great place to start getting used to it, pick up your car, and then start on your road trip if you want to. Yeah, it gets you insane. Like, even the food out there yeah. is easy, yeah. and vegetarians yeah. find it easy among the rest of the other places, you know, because it's, it has everything. You have a Chinatown, you have uh, you have international food, you have the local, you know, food. So it's it's a lot it's a lot easier to familiarize yourself. I think one thing all of us here are weak in and we're missing hence, I think, is shopping. I don't know. <laughs> and you don't look the shopping type, but I think uh, oh, oh. when one people go, I think yeah. they're shopping, right? So yeah, yeah. And and by the way, that also has the largest casino in Southern Hemisphere. So if you love gambling, 
And if you are not going to Adelaide, the Yara Vanginyas are nice. If you are not doing Adelaide, so that's what we figured out. Four five things to do. Yeah. And just a tip: it has a poker table which has very low buy-in. So if you want to play, noted. By the way, we are having a poker night tonight in the office. So if you are in Chennai, you are more than happy to come join us. Uh, so next question from Keshav. Uh, good to see yet another AMA. Thanks a lot. Uh, can I spot penguins in Penguin Island throughout uh, the year or is it seasonal? So I take this question. So these penguins, are, it's like a ritual for them. So it's throughout the year. So it's just that they come right at the sunset. So during the winters, sunsets are earlier. During the summer, it's later in the day. So they go into the ocean, do their work, they come back during night to get back to their nest. So it's throughout the year, the time only differs. So yeah, whenever you're visiting Melbourne, you should definitely visit that place. So yeah, that's that. So we also quickly wanted to uh, you know, uh, give context uh, in terms of uh, the session and why we love Australia. So Australia is probably one of the first uh, tourism boards, which also gave us accreditation in terms of being policy specialists. So they run an absolutely brilliant program called as Aussie Specialist. You see, uh, Australia Tourism Board is probably one of the most active ones on social media, on TV, promoting that destination. I think you know, even the content that they create, I think it's amazing, right? So the visuals and the kind of, I think it really makes a lot of difference when somebody cares so deeply about welcoming people and yeah, showing sure. them stuff, right? Aussies are very, very friendly, very nice. In fact, I just want to add two places uh, which people, if they do have the time to see, one is Byron Bay. Yeah. You cannot miss that. It, it really has a low But I, so I think you just hijacked the sponsor. Sorry, sorry, yes. Yeah, exactly. so, I don't know. So I was just saying that uh, they have a great, uh, you know, uh, program in India to support travel uh, companies to promote Australia, give them content, and make them well equipped to sell Australia. So a small round of applause to them. And uh, we are ready with our next question. Sorry, we're talking about Miles Bay. So you love doing that from Gold Coast? Uh, yeah, from Brisbane the Gold Coast to Byron Bay, which is totally an amazing experience. Again, you have it's just a very it's a very local place, you know, where uh, you see a lot of Aussies hanging around out there and you enjoy this. Again, there you have a whale watching, you have a surfing, you have all of that. So it's again a beach place, but if you haven't you can even take a day trip. So Byron Bay I think is a must must. That Did you see people surfing there? I did see people <laughs> surfing as well. Like, that's what the locals, it's not tourists. Uh, so uh, one thing that I uh, met a lot of locals over there, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, they are very outdoorish people. Yes. 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, that guy is working in a bank, at 6 o'clock, he's all in shorts, ready to surf. Even if he's at Melbourne. Drive down to St. Kilda, do surfing over there. Even Gold Coast is known for that, so yeah. you'll see every surf. The Vegas Gold Surfers Paradise, the Vegas Gold Surfers. I mean, there is some nice stories, also about the body beaches yet. So, what's a new question, right? So, so I have mixed a lot of questions. So, okay. I'm going to pick. Uh, also, think of the names of Vegas Pandit. Yeah. So, next is uh, Sumati Pandit. Okay. Have heard Australia has great vineyards. Are there uh, any wine tasting sessions available and where are they? Okay, okay. Over to you. We're not everywhere. I think, as I said, Melbourne has your Yara wine tasting sessions, and there's Barossa Valley from Adelaide, which I think, as I said again, I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm repeating myself. Yeah, it's, probably Jacob, the best. it's the best because you can relate to 
you know the wines are very tasty there is lot of wine tasting usually in wine tasting sessions is okay one two three and that's it here you can pick as many as you want you can walk freely in the vineyards many other places they don't allow you that you know they're a little restricted on that whereas here there's australia full of wine you love wine go for it and that's all i'd say go try it interesting tip with again with barossa valley is Pick your uh, year of birth, and they get you wine from that. Is it? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, they make it I so personalized. So they make it so personalized in Barossa Valley. So probably that's why you it's see it. us talking a lot about it as well. It's from Adelaide, and one of the best wine experiences you can actually have. What is the other thing you said? Somebody could you know build a wine bottle. So yeah, so they do a mixing of different uh, wines, and then you can have your own label wine. So it's like you can take it back and say this is what I brewed and this is my own wine label, all the way from Australia. So, sorry. So it looks for a question. I think guys, if you like it, I think you should go invite friends and then make this a lot more widespread. We love more people to come and join the AMA. I think we're already hitting a revolutionary number of people on AMA. So please hit share, tag a lot of friends. I think let's let's make this an interesting session. Awesome. Uh, so here's another interesting question from Pranav. So he's saying Great Barrier Reef, Kings or Whitsunday Islands or Hamilton Islands? No, no, no. Whitsunday actually Great Barrier Reef is more about the water, enjoying about the water, whereas Whitsunday uh, Islands, Hamilton is more about the sand chilling on the beach. So Great Barrier in the water. No, I think. I think. No, from Kings. From it should it be done from Kings or from Whitsunday uh, Islands? So he is just asking okay, where should I access? I did from here, so I. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it's a question. In fact, the trivia is, which I think because we uh, ran through the Aussie Specialist program ourselves, right? We realized that it's actually not an island by itself, right? It's a bunch of islands that kind of put together and made this place. So it really depends uh, on the kind of uh, time you have and the kind of money you want to spend. Because uh, once you go into these islands, uh, obviously the stay becomes a lot more expensive. And the and the transfer to these islands also a lot more expensive. Unlike Kings, which has got a very good domestic airport, is low cost, you can start flying in, and the experience is the same. But obviously, you know, it's like Maldives or Seychelles or Fiji. So a lot of people try and combine New Zealand and Fiji, and that's uh, when people like that come to Australia, we kind of give them this option where you pick up some cities in Australia and try and combine either the Fraser or the Whitsunday kind of islands. Where you have really great properties, wide beaches, yeah. and you get to go to the Great Barrier Reef as well. Right. So awesome. So uh, next question is from Philip. Uh, the Australian Open. The Australian Open is coming up in Jan 2018. I would like to plan my trip around that. Where can I go? Have you booked your tickets? If not, do it right now. I think one thing Indians don't realize is that. For example, there's this World Cup coming up in Russia, right? And we had clients coming up, I think about eight months in advance, and asking if it's possible. And we were stunned to realize that all these Booking.com's experience did have booms. Yeah. I think uh, these big sporting events, we really have to start planning eight, twelve months in advance. That's the only way you're going to get cheap tickets. I don't really talk about your World Cup experience when yeah. you went there. How well you planned it. Uh, I think it's a great time to go, but the rooms are going to get sold out like very, very soon. So if you're really serious and you're a huge tennis buff, I think this year it's also going to become interesting because it's no more you know just the two players, a lot of people emerging in these sports. So it's a great time to go. 
Yes, and I think only the request we have is made a book early, yeah. the way it is about it. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to be very expensive. I remember from my ticket from Melbourne to Adelaide to see the matches was, was, was crazy. I think it was like almost a book. Yeah, going to India, I went to India, Pakistan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what going to this sporting event and I planned 10 months ago. I think we should talk about yeah. because we had almost, I think that was a big season for us in Australia when we had the World Cup season. I think you should talk a little bit more about it, how people plan and some of the best deals people got, how do they get it? Maybe it's so, uh, when the World Cup uh, actually was announced in Australia, Australia Tourism Board uh, did an event in India educating people at least 16 months before. So they are very meticulous with their plan. And the World Cup committee, uh, they started selling tickets 11 months in advance. And as you would know, India Pakistan match got sold in the second day. So that's 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 something uh, we can expect that most of the important matches they get sold, irrespective of World Cup, whichever sport it is. So even Ashes, for example, yeah. right? So we had customers book about two months in advance. Sometimes I think June for the Brisbane Ashes coming up sometime in the next month. No, even the uh, regular Boxing Day no, in yeah. MCG, yeah. absolutely not possible if you're looking to buy that ticket one month in advance or fifteen days before. You need to be planning your vacation around Boxing Day rather than <laughs> making it one part of the <coughs> so, With respect to that World Cup, uh, we have a lot of uh, support actually. So unlike uh, like the current uh, World Cup that happened, sorry, the Champions Trophy that happened in India, like Australia was much much easier for us because their uh, organizing was way better and the access to tickets, they made that sport available to a lot of people. So, you know, uh, tickets were priced very, very, it was very friendly in terms of yes. uh, pricing. So, yeah. you could afford to see uh, India Pakistan match for 15,000 bucks or 16,000 bucks. But in India, the same match would have costed you about 40,000 bucks. And very difficult to get that ticket. They made it accessible online. And uh, they also very clearly uh, made sure that this capacity of tourist influx is handled. So they had a lot of hotels opened up during that season and they made sure that they were working around the clock to make sure this entire uh, event was a great success. So, and we had a great time planning for it uh, for people because a lot of our uh, uh, you know, customers or our clients were very big cricket fans and uh, they were very very actually speaking very reasonable in terms of planning. They planned 8 months in advance saying that we want to do this, they came to us and we planned it for them. Unfortunately, there were a couple of uh, last people, last minute people, but we made it happen for two of them at that time as well because uh, they fortunately wanted to have the box seats. If you're doing last minute, should you be open to doing uh, these experiences itself, right? Parents, you have not just a box seat, but you get to interact with the players, yeah. Yeah. you get to you know do dinners with them. Yeah. I think those are the options that are available even in the last yeah. minute. And, and that is really, really elevating experience, especially in a place like MCG, which has more than 100 years of history to it. Uh, so you get to walk down the alley, the same alley which Don Bradman has done, Such any of the big Sachin you have a, there are only two images of Don Bradman, Sachin and Shane one, and one of them is an MCG. So, it has such a big history to it. So, if you are doing it last minute, these kind of experiences can elevate the entire match watching and vacation, which you can talk about for another 10, 15, or for your lifetime actually. 
Now I want to say something. I booked my tickets uh, nine months before, but you're saying you got good deals uh, eight, seven, eight months before. So I'm saying that you said that people should go with you guys. You know, I did it on my own, and it was expensive. Maybe you all have the right to think because you're an Aussie specialist. So then I would highly recommend it. I did pay a bomb nine months to ten months before. So I'm just okay. Let's see. Next time, next time I should try to you. So next question is from Shreya. How is the nightlife in Australia? Very vibrant. I mean, this, as you know, these people when they get out of the beach, they go surfing, and after that they are ready to drink. I mean, so for them dinner is early. So you know, before after work they have yeah seven o'clock whatever, but then they want their drinks and one or they are the swimmers as you said. So nightlife in Australia and the skylines are of course beautiful. So that's the yeah, the views that add to it. So I think one thing though I don't think anyone always realizes that Australia is a great place because. It's one of the very few countries, cities, what I want to call, where beer and wine coexist. Somewhere yeah. there's always a fight between beer and wine, yeah. but in Australia there's beer and there's wine. Yeah. Suddenly the nice nightlife is so so much more different, right? Yeah. Because yeah. And, 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 and the great thing about Australia is different city has very different vibe to it in terms of nightlife. Melbourne is more, uh, uh, I don't know, shawl, uh, very posh and classy. Uh, Sydney is. Uh, I would say it has it caters to all kind of people in terms of uh, budget to yeah. luxury. But Gold Coast is only for nightlife for bachelors. Yeah. You want to party, yeah. you want to let your hair down. Gold Coast is the place to be. Uh, but beyond that, nightlife a lot of uh, experiences also. Like in Melbourne, uh, you can do dining on the tram as a night nightlife experience. So you enjoy the city vibe. You enjoy the culinary experience. There's also, also, also the Sydney Bridge side. Sydney Bridge, I tried to that mine too. So that's the other thing. As I said, the view, you see the Lita Opera House and yeah. all that. So Sydney and then on Darling Harbour, you can sit and as you said, it caters to all kinds. You'll have your bachelor kind of places, you'll have your luxury bars. So no, I think given Australia is a great place for food and you know gastronomy on the whole, and MasterChef is from Australia, yeah. right? So I think yeah. anywhere this food nightlife is bound to be awesome. So I think it is Go there and enjoy it for sure. Uh, so, Kritika Chakraborty has our next question. Uh, can you cover something like Snowy Mountains, Great Barrier Reef, and Gold Coast at all in one itinerary? And can it be done cheap? So, in Australia, Snowy Mountains, Mount Buller is the only place to be, and you have to go there in the winters. They have the best skiing resorts, but unfortunately, that will not be cheap for you. Cheap, definitely not cheap because Mount Buller is a skiing resort, so resorts by definition are not very cheap. Uh, but beyond that, yes, you can definitely cover Great Parrot Reef, you can cover Gold Coast. So one of the things a lot of people ask us also about Australia is that can we do it in budget? Yes, but there are certain things that you have to keep in mind. Are you comfortable traveling in a low-cost airlines like AirAsia? Are you comfortable packing your luggage really, really smart? We want 40-50 kilos of baggage or you're okay with 7 plus 20 kilos maybe and for two of you put together. Are you okay uh, staying in, uh, you know, but in CBD you'll be very surprised Australia can still give you good 3-4 star properties. Yes. Even in the product you can see, uh, if you try a figure, you'll be surprised to see your hotels available for 6,000-7,000 and the, one of the biggest tips that we tell a lot of our customers is skip uh, hotels with breakfast because why we say that is Australian hotels at the market 60% of it 
the demand comes from local Australians and they generally don't like eating in the hotel, which is a regular standard of it. They enjoy going out and having that food. Say for example in Melbourne, you should definitely have your breakfast in Victoria Market. One of the best places to explore and experience best Australian produce, be it meat, vegetarian or vegan for that matter. So, if you are open to do that, say I want, uh, I'm okay skipping my uh, breakfast in a hotel and trying it out outside, then you will you'll be able to solve, uh, save a lot of money over there as well. So there are avenues that are available where you can definitely make it work within your budget. And uh, yeah, except for probably Mount Buller, all the other places you'll find various kind of foundations within your budget. I think one point I get to add sure, is that people look at places like Australia and New Zealand as very costly or you know, it's going to take a lot of money kind of places. I think what uh, they tend to forget is that it lays a lot of money. Right? Yeah. So I think any any vacation we take, right, be it Southeast Asia, be it Australia, Europe, I think flights can account anywhere between 35 to 65% right, of your overall costs. And the later you're going to plan, the later the flight cost is going to be higher. And the moment we've seen that flight touches more than 40% of your overall trip cost, you're trying to cut corners more and more. Because end of the day, a flight, unless you're flying business class, I don't think it's a good experience. So, I think this doesn't make sense. So, if you're flying anything that's in business, I think you should try and you know try and ensure that you're on the cheapest possible flight in the shortest possible time. And worst case, if you take a low-cost carrier, then what we recommend is you end up with a much longer layover, so you can go out and explore the city. So, if you take an Air Asia, don't take a 10-hour layover. Take a 30-hour layover. Go to a KL, go to the place, and then come back for your flight, right? Okay. So those kind of things, if we're able to compromise and plan smartly, I think Australia about one to one point five for about ten to nine is still is still good. Yeah, it's actually quite reasonable because you know I think the distance, you know, people think Australia and the, the mindset and the distance, which is why you feel. But I would honestly think it's much much cheaper than a lot of places. So for example, we do New Zealand this April, right? And the average New Zealand airfare is about sixty grand, right? But when we booked, I think we booked about ten months in advance. We got it about 25, 28 grand per person. That's almost 40k saving for the entire on flights, right? And then the numbers just come out drastically. Right. Uh, so this is again a question a lot of our travelers also ask us, and uh, it's very relevant to me as well. Is uh, can you take back food or instant food very, very from India to Australia? So I actually start in terms of uh, experimenting with food. So. Every second or third day, I would prefer having Indian food. So that's what we did in New Zealand, New Zealand where everybody else or other people were like, we should go out and eat and experiment with food. I said, okay, probably second day, third day, I would want to have Indian food. Uh, but it's a very good question for people who are traveling for very particular uh, food preferences, James, with kids, all of that. So the, here's the thing with Australia they're very particular about protecting their. Produce, which is the food produce, so they don't want it to be contaminated. So they ban few food items, and uh, the simple thing we tell people is any food that you want to take, if it can cross the three month expiry, yes. when you're taking it, it's good to go. Anything less than that, they're going to throw it in the dustbin. I think the other way to look at it is anything that's packed and unsealed completely, so it be rice, be it your red wheat, MTRs, right, be it your whatever. Uh, whatever powders you want to take, it should be, it should not be homemade and sealed, it should be branded and sealed, right? Then they let it go. But no fruits, 
nothing which can, like we said, contaminate their local produce, right? So they're going to stay strict not to that. So any pickles that you want to do, try and keep it sealed, I think it might pass. Okay, so I think we should, I think we have a lot of time, we should do a rapid fire kind of a round. So if you have, I think, 10 minutes left, so if you have questions, you should do a rapid fire right now. Right, so here's uh, a question from Shreya Rajashekar. Is Great Ocean Road still a great place? Uh, but 12 apostles were running up, wearing away. So, yeah, that is true that they are wearing away. I think there are 6 or 7 left of them, but still, yeah. that's even more reason for you to go and visit them because yeah. you're not going to see them in the future. No, I think the scenery is beautiful, the drive is amazing. So, if you like driving, if you like taking pictures, you want to see the sunset, I think, yes, go for it. Okay. Uh, if I'd like to explore local Aboriginal culture, which place would you recommend? So, each city has different kind of uh, places that you can go and uh, experience this Aboriginal culture. So, like in Uluru, you can again do that interaction with locals, Aborigines, because that's the heartland of uh, Aborigines. And they consider Uluru be, to be their uh, uh, sacred mountain and they worship it. Beyond that, if you go to Gaines, she mentioned, I mean, no. she's been to Chapukai. Chapukai, where you see it. Yeah. If you have one place, it's just what in that place. Uh, if you're on budget, go to Chapukai. Okay. And if yeah. you are willing to splurge, go to Uluru. Okay. Because Uluru is the... That is the other Chapukai or Uluru. Okay, yeah. Next. Uh, then, just a second. Uh, how to keep safe from the many poisonous spiders down under? I don't know what kind of experience I didn't even know about this. <laughs> like, I, I think uh, there's too much poo poo there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from that, yeah, I, I remember uh, one of the poo poo particles said that 25 dangerous animals in Australia. Australia is not dangerous. Yeah. Unless you want them to bite you and you invite them to bite you. Please go and sit in the pouch of a kangaroo if you're using That is something you cannot miss. So they're, they're actually the sweetest animals, polar bears, animals. So, I don't know if I was quite shocked when I went. The answer is yeah. so quiet. So, Sofia, is Australia a good place for a family vacation? Short answer. Yes. yes. Yeah. And don't miss Gold Coast and its theme parks and a farm stay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is next is Krishnamurti. I'm a traveler who loves to explore offbeat places. Can Australia satisfy that offbeat traveler in me? I don't know if Australia cannot, no other place can. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then go there, then if you're off me, Byron Lake, Blue Mountain, these are the places to visit. Uru. Uru, yeah. I think Uru, that's the best off me you can So, hey, Mohammed, uh, I've heard that certain states allow you to play with the koalas while others don't. Why is that? So, they are very protective of their wildlife. So, just because, uh, you know, tourists enjoy doing it, they do not want to be commercializing it. Certain states, like uh, in uh, you know South Australia, they allow doing that purely because they have a very controlled environment and they know how these animals behave. And more than us, they are also concerned for these animals' uh, well-being, uh, well-being and how well they adapt to these kind of situations. So, as long as uh, you know we are able to respect their uh, wildlife. I think uh, it's very important to do that as well. Um, okay, next is. She has to take questions from mobile, from laptop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all over the place. Questions. Next is. Uh, hey guys, speaking of skydiving, which place do you think would be the best place, perfect place in Aussie for the best landscape while you descend down? 